0: Good morning. My name is Ashley Mack, and I'm the ministry coordinator here at Family of Grace Church. I want to thank you for taking the time out and tuning into our program this morning. We are continuing in our sermon series called Que Se La Biblica, which translates to, What Does the Bible Say? We are going through God's Word and just finding out what the Bible says about hot topics of today in society. This morning, Pastor Brad is going to preach from Genesis 2 on God's design for marriage. It is our hope that you leave here with something to grab onto and to hold onto and to use in your everyday struggles with things of this world. So we ask that you keep in mind these three questions as you're listening to this sermon. What does the Bible say? What is it saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? And we're going to give you some pointers during this sermon to help you facilitate conversation and Work through situations in your everyday life to help you get through these topics Now if you would turn to Genesis 2 and we'll get started with this with today's sermon
1: Play. look. There's Hagar a good-looking woman. She's my handmaid young and uh, she can care for this kid We're old. We need somebody to take care of this child. Look help him out. And so you know the story She went in Abraham had a child with Hagar and his name was Ishmael, but here's what it says later God came to Abraham and he said you're gonna have a son and Abraham said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you forever. And God said, I know about Ishmael, and I'm going to bless him. But that's your boy. I'm wanting to give you a miracle. From Sarah's dead womb will come life. And from her death, the, death, the, the deadness of her womb came the life of Isaac. Now, here's the problem, the thing that I'm saying. So Abraham looked around and he said, God, how are you going to do this? So we turn over a couple of chapters and we find there in Genesis chapter 2, we can pick up here and read in this text for a few moments. In Genesis 2 and 15, it says, And the Lord God took man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. And the Lord God commanded man and he said, You are free to eat from any tree. Circle that phrase free. Circle that phrase free. You are free to eat from any tree of the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of life of knowledge and good and evil. For on that day, when you eat from it, you certainly, you will certainly die. And then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make you a helper who is like him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground each wild animal and each bird in the sky and caught it and each of the man and, and to the man to see what he would call it. Whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the livestock, to all the birds of the sky, to every wild animal. But for man, there was no helper found who was like him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man. And he slept. And God took one of the ribs and he closed the flesh at that place. And the Lord God made the rib. He had taken out from the man into a woman and brought it to him, brought it to the man. And the man said, this one at last, at last. I've looked at the hippopotamus. I've looked at the tigers. I've looked at all the flying animals, the crawling animals. I've looked at all of them, but this one at last. And you remember God was bringing them before him one at a time and giving them a name. And finally, at last, here comes one that is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and this one shall be called woman, for she was taken from the man. And this is why a man leaves. Listen to this, millennials. This is why a man leaves his mother and father. All you parents should say amen. This is why a man shall leave his mother and father and bond with his wife, and they become shall become one flesh both a man and his wife were naked yet they felt no shame now here's what i want us to talk about today god's first institution the very first thing that god ordained was marriage marriage is what god ordained the home was the first union Now, when we began to go through these sermon series, and this is how we ended it back in Genesis, because everything that you're grappling with answers for today is an attack on the first institution. It was an attack on the first thing that God ordained. It was the home. Listen, before there was a government, there was the home. Before there was the government, there was the relationship between man and woman. God ordained it. God initiated it. God set it in place. Therefore, if it was in place before there was a government, government does not have the right to overthrow what God instituted, what God ordained, what God put in place. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? Now, fast forward just a little bit. Now, then there was the institution of government, and we'll look at that a little bit later. And then there was the church. That he instituted, but let's back up here and look at this for a moment and see what is God saying to us? What is the Bible saying here? Here's what the Bible is saying in that context. This whole series. We're asking three questions. What is the Bible saying in context? What is the Bible saying in context to me in this day and time? And then what does God want me to do about it? So what God is saying is that here is my design. My design is that I had the first surgery. The first surgery took place in the Garden of Eden. God was the surgeon. Now, he gathered up some dirt and he created man. And he breathed life into his nostrils. Now, do you not think that God could have gathered up some dirt and created woman and breathed life into her nostrils? Do you not think that God could have done that in the same way that he did Adam? But no, that's not what he did. He opened up. The Bible says he opened up. The side of Adam. I mean, here it is. The surgeon took place. He was a surgeon. He was the anesthesiologist. He was everything. He opened up his side, took a rib out, put it back together without stitches, went back together, took a rib. Now, I don't know what happened after that. I don't know if he went and gathered up some dirt, some clay, whatever he did. But he took a rib, and out of that rib, he created woman. And Adam said these words, this was God's design, for she is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is literally bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This is why a man shall leave his mother and father. Think about that context. There was no children yet. But God was setting in place that when there would be children, that a man would leave his father, a woman would leave her father, and the two would come together and become one flesh are you with me church so here was his design his design was that he would have the first institution and that first institution would be the home and there are more than 500 references in the bible to marriage that's pretty important 500 references to this first institution we can't look at all of them but just just think about a couple of them we look at this in genesis and marriage was a divine idea it was God's design. Now, if you've gone through a bad marriage, you may have gone through a divorce, you may have nullified what God put together, you may have went out to Vegas and made a big mistake and just hooked up with somebody on a moment, and you may think, my goodness, God had nothing to do with this. This is of the devil. But I'm telling you that in the beginning, God had a plan. Now, it's our responsibility to get a hold of God and find out who He has created for us. You see, here's what I believe that when I was born, God created somebody for me. When you were born, God created somebody for you. Now, there's the issue of the will of man along the way and making decisions, but God is created somebody for you i believe what god is saying to us today is that he's wanting to do something special in our life it was his design it was a divine idea the bible literally translate here in the hebrew that it was a helper a helpmate, somebody to come along beside and bring about a completion to complete have you ever heard this saying that is pretty popular opposites attract how is it that for Generation after generation after generations, opposites have attracted. Why is that? Why do they attract? Probably because it was a divine idea to bring about the completion of man. For you see, what God was doing with man was he had a man over here, but he brought about a woman to complete him. The two coming together to make one. Because two are better than one, for they have great reward together. Are you with me, church? Now, stay with me for just a moment on this divine idea. We have yet to know the outcome of our generation's experiment with mating and matching people up that have complete compatibility. I mean, we have websites, just turn on any TV, go to your smart device and go to your uh, social media page. And there's advertisement after advertisement. We're matching up Farmers.com that are compatible together. We have Match.com. And the thing that they celebrate is that they are able to bring about the perfect person who matches up with you completely. I'm telling you that if you are opposite of your spouse, enjoy it. Amen. Amen. Because God didn't need to send Adam a mini-me. He needed to send him somebody to complete him, somebody to help him, somebody to come along beside him. That's why God made man and woman so different now we're not going to get into that in this sermon it'll be in a couple of sermons dealing with transgender but what god is saying is that he made man one way and he made woman one way and i'm telling you that with man he has created us and woman he has created us to come together to make a complete union and when the two come together in the way that god created it oh my goodness the fireworks are happening And so as we think about this, what God is saying is that he had a a design. And his design was one man, one woman for one lifetime. One man, one woman for one lifetime. Now, as we know that man always struggles with God's design. And this is going to be a repeated theme for the next several messages. See, the problem is not what God is asking us to do. The problem is that man struggles with the architect. Man struggles with the designer. Man struggles with what God designed and man thinks that God made a mistake. And so whether it's the issue of marriage, whether it's the issue of gender identity, whether it's the issue of heterosexual love, homosexual love, or any of these things, man comes and says, I think God made a mistake, and I know it better, and they come up with this whole premise. God had a design. Now, out of his design, here's something that's interesting, is that out of his design came this, his greatest desire. Why does somebody design a building? Why did somebody set about to design an automobile? Why did they set about to design or create whatever was created? Because there was a desire for it. I mean, very few people create something that there is no desire. If there is no desire, more than likely there will be no product come out of it. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I mean, because an inventor had a desire for something, a product come out of it. One of the things that I think that is so phenomenal about our country is our ability to innovate. When you travel globally, you will realize this, that the fingerprints of our innovators from this country are all over the world. Matter of fact, when you travel to other countries and you see a lot of what other countries are doing is only making a byproduct of what was originally created through people in this country. The innovation in this country in the past several decades has been phenomenal. Ever since the early 1800s, we just always find an easier way. When I'm in another country, I see them struggling to do something. I was thinking, wow, man, if that was in our country, somebody would already found an easier way to do that. Amen. Why? Because there was a desire. There was a desire. Because of this desire came a product. Became a product. Now, God had a desire. God had a desire to have intimacy with man. Man's priority was to reproduce and fulfill the earth and multiply and to create sons of God. It was created in his image. Now here's the interesting dynamic. If you go to the genealogy of, of Jesus in the New Testament, I think it's in the book of Luke, and you trace that thing all the way down, and it says, and this one begot this one, and this one begot. We call that the begots, because you forgot what all they begot. And you wonder, why is this in here? And you go all the way back through the chronicles of history, all the way to Adam, and it says he was a son of this one, and a son of this one, and a son of this one, and it says, and and he was a son of Adam. And Adam was a son of God. Now, as we think about that, God wanted Adam to reproduce children in his own image that would glorify God. Now, we know in Genesis chapter 3 that they gave a little bump in the road. And they began to let their desire and their will and their thoughts. And God gave them that one tree that they couldn't eat of. And they went and partook of that. And we know it all went downhill from there. And amen. So here's the interesting dynamic of what I'm saying. God had a desire. What was the desire that God was trying to do? What God was trying to do was to give man the freedom that he wanted. You remember I asked you in verse 17, uh, 16 to circle that word free. Here's what it says in verse 16. It says you are free to eat from any tree in the garden except, except, except. The tree of knowledge, the tree of life. And so the tree of good and evil. The tree of good and evil. So as we look at this, here's the interesting dynamic. When marriage is according to God's design, there is freedom from guilt. There's freedom from shame. There's freedom from judgment. God wants us to live in freedom each and every day. God wants us to live in a way that we are in freedom and walking about in his perfect design because he had the perfect desire. God had a desire to create man in his own image and God created one in man to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and because of his desire he created the design of the woman and the union of marriage. Are you with me? Are you hearing what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying? And so in this dynamic there was the freedom, the freedom that came with it, but God also did something. He also placed authority. Look at what it says in verse 17. But you must not eat from this. He put boundaries there. He put boundaries in place. Marriage is the boundary. Marriage is the place that you enter into a union with someone, a, a woman, and in that, a man and a woman enter into a union and they set these boundaries around that relationship. And in those boundaries is where God blesses. Man, man you saying, what in the world does this have to do with Father's Day? A lot. Because God loved you so much, he didn't want you to be alone. God loved you so much, he didn't want you to be undone. God loved you so much, he didn't want you to be lonely. God loved you so much, he wanted to complete you. God loved you so much, he made you a helper, a helpmate to come along beside you and complete you. God loved you so much. Man, let me tell you today, God loved you so much. He created a woman for you because he loved you to bring about the working and the completion of his perfect plan. Now, that's really in popular preaching today, so just bear with me for a moment because it, it really gets down to where the rubber meets the road. And in that perfect freedom, he gave boundaries. And the boundaries was the institution of the home, the institution of marriage. Now, here's the thing. When you break the boundaries there's consequences when you break the boundaries there's prices that you have to pay i'm not going to get into all that in this sermon because i don't have time well you don't have time because see the interesting dynamic is this he gave these boundaries and every time think about a boundary you break you pay a price break the boundary of the speed limit lord knows you pay a price break the boundary of not cutting your lawn if you live in the city guess what you pay a price. There are boundaries. And when we do things outside the boundaries of what God put together, all of a sudden we're headed for a hard time. The desire of marriage was not only to reflect the boundaries, recognize the boundaries and to walk in freedom, but it was to reflect the very character of God. Look at what he says here in verse 17. He says that he says that he gave them that he gave them that in freedom but you must not eat of that of good and evil you must not eat from that tree for you will certainly die he says i want you to recognize the character my character that i've placed the boundaries so that you can walk in a way that you can glorify god now we could go on and on with this and the institution of marriage we can take it in the new testament it's a it's a symbolism of the desire of god to pursue intimacy and the same way that the Christ said that he is the husband and the bride is the church and, and he is the bridegroom and we are the bride. I mean, we could, we could, we, I could preach all summer just on this one point. But in this context, what is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying that man was undone and God created a woman. The Bible is saying this, that man was not complete, so he created from his side a helper. So that you could be fruitful and multiply and one day become a father. Amen. That you could become a father. Now, I know, you, I know what you're saying. Well, you don't have to, you know, I mean, you can adopt and you can do this. And there could be surrogate parents. Listen, let me tell you something. That's cleverness of man to undo the design of the creator. Now, as we think about this, what God has done is that he wanted us to walk in that pathway that he fulfilled, that he laid out for us. His design, his desire, if we will grasp his design, if we will grasp his desire, then it will become our delight. It will. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18. It is a good thing when a man finds. It is a good thing. It is a good thing. Now, I know you couldn't tell that by the divorce attorneys out there, but I want you to know the Bible says it's a good thing when a man finds a woman. Your greatest delight is when you take God's design and his desire and you position yourself in the middle of it and say, Now, God, I'm going to walk out your will, your way, Your authority. What does the Bible say in this context? God instituted the covenant of marriage. The design of the home. What is God saying to you? Is that he loved you enough to create for someone. Someone for you that could complete you. What is it saying to you today? Is it God loved you so much. That he had a desire that you could know No love in the physical, no love in the spiritual. His desire was to bring about a completion for you. And what does he want us to do about it? He wants us to walk in complete delight. How do we do that? We fulfill his design. I know you feel differently. I know some days you feel like you want to be married. Some days you feel like you don't. I know some days you feel like your spouse can't do anything wrong, and a lot of days you feel like they can't do anything right. That doesn't destroy the design of God. It does not. For even in our shortcomings, we see the delight of the Father. Chapter 3, we know what happened. They ate of the fruit. All of a sudden, they realized they were naked. We've been wearing clothes ever since. They were running around the Garden of Eden with some fig leaves on. And God said, man, who who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? You remember what the last statement I read? It says, and they were naked and were not ashamed. Where did the shame come from? After all, it's just the two of you. It's just the two of you. Who you embarrassed? Who you worried about seeing you? Their eyes were opened. Understand this that the greatest delight of the Father was even in our shortcomings, he paid away. For the Bible says this, he pronounced the the consequences of breaking the boundaries. You remember I talked about that just a minute ago? He pronounced those consequences of breaking those boundaries, and here's the other dynamic. And it says he killed an animal, and he made for them clothing that was suitable. And Pete has been mad ever since. Goes all the way back to the garden. He made for them clothing that was suitable for their consequence. But you know what was really suitable? Was the blood that was shed. His delight was that even in our shortcomings, that he loves us enough to be that good, good father, that when we make good decisions, he's there for us. When we make bad decisions, he is there for us. It doesn't mean that you should go out there and live your life making bad decisions because you have a father who's going to be there for you. Now, that's a... Whole nother doctrine of cheap grace that we're not talking about today. But what it is saying is that when we miss the mark, there is a price to be paid. There is a cost. And there is the atonement. And I'm telling you that this is a picture of the found before the foundation of the world. The Bible says the book of Revelation. That the lamb was slain. God put man in the garden. He created woman from him. From from them came children, came the first institution that God ordained. And I'm going to tell you something today, my brothers and sisters. Men, that is your greatest gift. That God loved you enough to not leave you alone. God loved you enough to give you a helper. God loved you enough to give you a woman. God loved you enough to give you children. God loved you enough to give you the design of his family. God loved you enough to give you the desire of his heart so that you could walk in delightment. What does God want you to do about it? He wants you to be happy. God wants you to be fulfilled. God wants you to walk in delight. It's a good thing. It's a good thing when a man finds a woman. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. The world's telling you it's a bad thing. The world's telling you to throw in the towel when it gets too hard. The world's telling you to walk away when the water gets too hot. The world's telling you that God doesn't know what he's talking about. He just wants you to feel good. He wants you to walk this thing out according to your own desire. Here's what I want you to understand. God's greatest desire was for you to be complete. For you to be complete. So he designed the institution of marriage. The institution of the home. Some of you are thinking man I've made a mess of that. i failed. I'm divorced. I'm done. Some of you children are thinking oh my goodness what do I do? My parents quit. My parents walked away. My parents are divorced. Well come back next week. And we'll tell you what God says about that. But today I can promise you here's what God is wanting you to do. Whether you've never been married. Whether you've been married and divorced. God is wanting you to find the place. Of your delight. In his design. Maybe what you need to do. Is to gather up the the blueprints. Figuratively speaking. And come back to the architect. And say Lord I've made a mess of this. Where do I go from here? And he'll point you in the way. That will bring you. Completion will bring you happiness, will bring you about fulfillment.
0: Thank you for tuning in to our program this morning. Again, these are hard topics to work through and hard topics to talk about. But we at Family of Grace want to help you have those conversations. So if you need to call and make an appointment to talk to anybody on our pastoral staff, we would love to do that for you. We want to thank you for your time and dedication to our show. Like us on Facebook at Family of Grace. Uh, We have a lot of things going on this summer. At the end of July, July 18th through 20th, we are having Camp Payo. It is our missions camp. It's a missions camp in the city. We are partnering with two other churches in the area to uh, just come together and love on a neighborhood in our city. Uh, If you want more information on that, please follow us on Facebook. It will be on there. Um, Or just call and email us if you want your kid to join. We thank you so much for tuning into this show. We pray that um, the Lord blesses you, and we just pray that um, if there's anything that we could do for you, you would call, contact us in any kind of way, and let us know. We are a church here for our city. We want to minister to you any way we can. So thank you again, and hope we tune in next week.